You're listening to Orange County's only station with critical business information, Critical Mass, with your host, Rick Franzi. Welcome to today's episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. This business talk show airs live on Tuesdays and Wednesdays at 4 p.m. and Thursdays at 3 p.m. And we're heard exclusively here on Internet Radio Station, octalkradio.net. This show is brought to you by our commercial sponsors, Succession Strategies, Commerce National Bank, Smart Business Magazine, and Smart Stop Self Storage. The goal for this show is to help you, our listening audience of CEOs, business owners, and executives, make better and more informed business decisions. If you're listening to the program live today here on octalkradio.net, and you might want to join in on the conversation with our guests today, find the community chat room section on the radio station's website, log in with your Twitter handle. This will bring you right to our engineer, who today is Paul Roberts. And he will bring to my attention your thoughts, ideas, and questions, and possibly I can work them into the conversation. Our first guest is Scott Hamilton. Scott is the founder of Executive Next Practice Institute. Scott, welcome to the program. Hey, Rick. Glad to be here. Great to be here. Tell us a little bit about your professional background, kind of your path to your current organization. You know, uh, Rick, I'm a corporate uh, refugee from uh, organizations like Nestle, Allied Signal, DirecTV, and some others. And how did you start. Tell us about the inspiration for Executive Next Practice Institute. You know, based on my experience as a senior executive with major companies, Rick, uh, one of the voids we were seeing in the marketplace was an opportunity for senior executives to talk with each other in an environment that was a safe haven where they could really explore cutting-edge ideas. Is that what Executive Next Practice is about? That's what it's all about, or it's a portion of it. We take subjects that are emerging trends, represent disruptive strategies, hmm. uh, trans- transformative strategies, and work with those executives to examine those topics and really push the ball forward. In other words, move beyond the status quo. Excellent. Well, you know, um, I've been to a few of your events. I'm very impressed. I'm so excited to have you on the program. We have a little bit of audio from one of your recent events, which we're going to talk about in a minute. The audience that listens to Critical Mass Radio show our CEOs, business owners, executives from across the country with a heavy concentration here in Southern California. Tell us a little bit about your membership in Executive Next Practices. You know, Rick, they're reflective of Southern California and beyond. In fact, we've grown to be a national organization. So as you walk into one of our sessions, you're sitting there with board members, CEOs, CMOs, CIOs, CFOs, Virtually the entire executive suite is represented across several industry sectors. And how long has Executive Next Practice Institute been in existence? Yeah, we were incubated about seven years ago, and have just taken off from there. Excellent. And tell us a little bit about the organization beyond you as the founder of the organization. Who else is involved? Tell us a little bit about the organization. Yeah, really, Rick, we've got dozens of people involved, and they all sit in various practice seats. Okay. So we've got a leader uh, that heads up boards. We've got a member that leads up our leadership uh, section. We've got a member that leads innovation. We've got someone that works in marketing. So they all, uh, these are uh, both combined of volunteers and our employees on the staff. Uh-huh. So literally it's a, it's an army of over a hundred that supports the forums themselves. So you focus on next practices, helping people understand what the innovations are and on a bunch of different dimensions. How do you and your organization find these innovative next practices to feature for your members? You know, what's interesting is they find us. Uh, they became aware of what we do and what we talk about. So we've had any number of topics come across. We generally try to look at a 360 of organizational issues. So this past year alone, we've looked at financial strategies, marketing strategies, leadership, as you've participated in. Um, and those topics really come to us. It's what senior executives are most concerned about that are impacting them now. Well, let's take a break from the conversation and play our first audio. And before we play that, I just kind of want to set it up. The first audio that I'm going to have is with your featured speaker from the event that I attended. Uh, Her name is Jennifer McCusker, and she's the Director of Global Talent and Retail HR at Oakley. Before we listen to just a quick uh, snapshot of what she had to say before your event, can you tell us a little bit how you found Jennifer and why you selected her to be a featured speaker for this topic of neuroleadership? You know, again, this comes through the power of our network. Uh, One of our long-term members had identified not only Oakley as one of those disruptive companies exactly. we look at, right. 
But, of course, Jennifer is uh, a major uh, talent within uh, Oakley themselves. She heads up global HR talent on the retail side as well as uh, uh, internationally. Okay. Uh, so she became uh, came to our attention, and it came to our attention that she is the guru of neuro leadership in Orange County. So it became a natural to feature her in this event uh, recently. And she was an outstanding speaker. So let's just listen to a brief interview that I did with her before the Executive Next Practice Institute event at Oakley. Okay. This is Rick Franzi with Critical Mass Radio, and I'm speaking with... Jennifer McCusker. And Jennifer, you're with Oakley. What's, what's your role here? I lead the talent development function and the retail HR functions. You're also a featured speaker today. Can you tell us a little bit about the event? Yeah, sure. This event is the Executive Next Practice uh, Summit, and this brings executives from L.A., Orange County, and San Diego together to really learn about an emerging trend in the field. And today, what we're going to be talking about is the field of neuroleadership. What that is, is this emerging trend where the field of neuroscience and the field of business have really come together together to influence each other's research. You were mentioning a little bit about it before off mic, so I'm going to ask you to talk to us about what technology is now enabling researchers to learn. Sure. Uh, in the neuroscience field, there's a uh, the evolution of the F fMRI machine, which is the next generation of MRI, and what that enables us to do is really see what's happening in someone's brain while it's happening. So they can literally see your brain lighting up and patterns in your brain while some sort of stimulus is being administered to the patient. And that's what you're going to be talking about with the group this morning? Absolutely, and particularly how that what that means to the business world. So, for example, in the past we've had a lot of theories about how people are motivated and how they make decisions and, you know, what's in the mind of a senior leader and what, how, what causes stress and what does that do to productivity. And now, finally, we have some concrete scientific answers. And so um, really what we've done is we've really hardened up this soft stuff. This is an interesting and early stage for development for leadership. I can't wait to see what you're going to be talking about this morning. For those people that weren't able to make it today, can you just give them a sense for what you and the other speakers are going to share with the audience that is here this morning? Absolutely. I'm going to start off uh, with a model from David Rock, who's really the founder of this field of neuroleadership, and he has a model called SCARF. And for anyone who's just wanting to get into the field, right. it's actually a very, very good place to start. Um, and that model stands for status, certainty, autonomy, relatedness, and fairness. And so without getting into a lot of detail, what those are are the five cravings that your brain has. And using those five levers, if you will, you can keep someone in a reward state where they want more and they're thinking they have utmost ability to think creatively and solve complex problems, or if you prevent them from having those levers pulled, you put them in a state of threat in which they shut down their access to be able to solve complex problems and think critically and, and push things into long-term memory. That would be really tragic for in a business world if people couldn't do that. Well, this is going to be a great morning. Thank you for giving me a little bit of your time, and I really do look forward to your talk. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. What? This is Rick Franzi with Critical Mass Radio. What an interesting person she is, isn't she? She really is. Now, here's a couple of facts that uh, we heard at the session itself. Now, get this, Rick. Uh, according to Jennifer and neuroleadership, uh, only 10% of people indicate they do their best thinking at work. Wow. Secondly, 39% uh, uh, do their best thinking at home <laughs> and 51% elsewhere. Okay. So that. That was a great uh, breakthrough in terms of telling us, all right, how do we best tap into the energy, intellect, and collective IQ of our uh, organizations? There was so much great content that she presented, and you highlighted a little bit of that. It is amazing and fortunate we are here in Orange County to have these kind of leaders who can share a little bit about what they know about an emerging topic like neuroleadership. It, it really is. We we have just so many resources just right here in our laps uh, to tap into. Right. And it's just it seemed like a perfect topic for your organization, which is about next practices, because this is really bleeding edge, isn't it? And leading edge research on leadership as relating to how the mind reacts and fires involuntarily to stimulus outside of the body and at work. Absolutely. And again, it ties back into our guiding principle, which is next practices. Uh, that is, what is going to take us beyond the status quo? When you look at best practices, Rick, uh, think about that. A best practice is something someone else is already doing. Right. It's already been done. It's accepted <laughs> best practice, right. Exactly. And in this kind of marketplace, with this much turbulence and nonstop turbulence, by the way, several people have asked me, when is this economy going to settle down? Guess what? It's never going to settle down. This We're is the new normal. 
Yes, right? absolutely. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take our first commercial break. Our interview today is with Scott Hamilton, who is the founder of Executive Next Practices Institute. We're going to be back with some other questions as well as audio from some of the attendees who were at the uh, June 18th event at Oakley's. We'll be right back after these words. Got stuff to the right, more stuff to the left. Got enough stuff, but I can't take a step. So a smart stopped and took a minute to think. I need a little better spot, not under the sink. With smart stop, I leave the stress at the door. Cause it's a smart old way to store. Smart stop bucks the system. Your first month's rent is just a buck. Your next three months are half off. Call 888-97-STORAGE and mention this station. Goodbye clutter, hello floors. Smart stop, the smarter way to store. Can we talk about your family business? You know, that thing you put your whole life's blood, sweat, and tears into? Well, what happens when you retire or try and pass that business on to your children? At Succession Strategies, we can help you find the answers. We'll guide you through the unsettling process of protecting your family legacy and successfully passing your business on to the next generation, safely and securely, ensuring that it'll both survive and thrive for generations to come. So ask yourself just one question. Can I really afford to wait? Take the first step. Take our complimentary self-assessment at SuccessionStrategies.com or call us at 714-560-9022 to set up a free consultation at your convenience. That's Succession-Strategies.com. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. I would like to thank and acknowledge our loyal listeners who have downloaded our copies of our shows as a podcast. As you know, we're on Apple iTunes and Stitcher and other podcasting sites. All our shows can be heard live here on Internet Radio Station OCTalkRadio.net. You have downloaded over 7,000 copies of our show over the past 30 days, and we here at the program and the radio station appreciate your continued support. All of the information about our radio programs can be found at our website, criticalmass4forbusiness.com. All right, let's return to our interview with Scott Hamilton, founder of Executive Next Practices Institute. And, Scott, I'd like to ask you, tell me about the power of peer learning. I'm a big advocate. That's part of the reason why we do this radio show is to expose people to the great thinking that goes on with other leaders. Your, your organization is a crucible, if you will, for that type of learning and sharing. Can you share a little bit about how peer learning is a part of Executive Next Practices? Yeah, uh, Rick, and again, I'm a big fan of peer learning, too, and what you're doing is terrific for the community. In our sessions at the Next Practice Forums, we try to do that in a live setting. So uh, just imagine this. We're pulling together executive teams, in effect, CEOs, CMOs, top HR, board members, and examining these next practices. It's not talking hits. Sure, we have speakers. We have great speakers, but also our our, organ, our our meetings are 50-50. That is 50% speaker, 50% audience collaboration. So they're learning from each other and creating new insights and new ways forward by learning from each other. So you have a high-powered uh, speaker, as we heard with Jennifer. And I one of the other events that I, I attended, I think it was last year, was when you brought someone from the Gallup organization in the share. And what a powerful event that was. Was that earlier this year or was that last year? I don't remember. Gallup, Gallup is an annual uh, visitor for ENP. Okay. okay. Uh, and Gallup is a great partner. So they tend to bring in, particularly early in the year, they bring in their world poll to give us an idea of where, what's going on uh, from an economic standpoint, from a democratic, demographic standpoint. And there was so much content that he delivered. Larry, is that his? Was that his name? Uh, yes, Larry? Larry Iman is their manager. Larry Iman, partner. right? And he he gave so much great content. But then I also thought the opportunity at the tables to share and kind of uh, bounce off of what you heard from the group with other people who you can respect because they're again senior level C suite type of people. It was really a fascinating combination of the two: front of the room learning and then the power of the peer. Yeah, Rick, this is another part of our so-called secret sauce to our meetings, and that is the speakers generally, and as you come in, you notice they are kept to 8 to 12 minutes, 8 to 12 minutes. Remember Steve Jobs' famous commencement speech that was only 12 minutes long, the most powerful speech he made? 
We believe in the speakers getting to the punchlines so that our audience can really create their own insight. So think about that. In a traditional association meeting, you sit there listening to a speaker for an hour, (laughs) and after you wake up, uh, then you're ready to leave. Uh, We tend to flip-flop it. We'd rather hear from the audience, and that's why they enjoy this kind of collaboration and interaction with each other. Speaking of the audience, let's let's step away for another audio sampling of the type of executives that attend your functions. Maybe, Paul, we can play two back-to-back of uh, the next two audios. These are interviews, ladies and gentlemen, that I briefly did with just random attendees at the uh, Oakley event. And so let's listen to some audio from that event. Who am I talking to? I'm John Cianzi, Vice President of Wentworth Company. Have you been to Executive Next Practice events before? I have. And why are you here today? You know, I've been to a couple of these now. This is my fourth one. And every time I come, I learn something. It's a great group of executive-level individuals that take the time to share knowledge and give us an opportunity. I don't even care what the topic is. I just want to be here to be with these people. It's quite an interesting topic. I was talking to one of the presenters, actually, the main presenter today, and it sounds like we're interesting for a, we're in for an interesting morning learning about some new field of science relative to leadership. Absolutely. And, and like I said, every time I come to these things, it doesn't matter what the time, when it's the Gallup organization or whoever, it's always very, very informative. I thank you for your time. All right. My pleasure. Hi, this is Rick Franzi, and I'm speaking with... Cindy Dimmel. Cindy, what firm are you with? I'm with Kim Staff HR. It's a PEO, a professional employer's organization. So I understand this is your first time at an executive next practice forum. Yes, it is. So tell me why you're here. Always great to learn new things and see different styles of leadership as we go forward with the organization. Were you invited to attend the event? Yes, I was. By a friend? Um, by a colleague, yes. So you're excited for this morning then, I take it? Very excited. Well, it was nice to meet you. Thank you very much. So, Scott, those are kind of good examples of a gentleman who's been to a number of your events, another one who was invited kind of by a colleague. But you can hear the energy in the room, can't you, as I was getting that audio. It's, it, it was a full room with a lot of people that were excited about the event. Yeah, Rick, that's another facet of this. They, uh, there is a lot of energy in the room right. uh, because of the diversity of thought. And, again, it's, uh, it's an opportunity for people to really speak their mind and really get engaged with the material. So, again, you see that kind of energy, that kind of dialogue going on at every single meeting. Let's turn it back on you, and and I guess I want to ask about a valuable lesson that you've learned in your professional career, but that at the time might have come from what seemed as a difficult or painful experience. Do you have a past experience that you could share with our audience today? Well, I've got a few that I can talk about, and a few I can't. Okay. But I'll talk about, uh, in in general, let, let me just say it this way, Rick. Uh, you know, this whole concept of next practices and really pushing the envelope, there's a risk you can get ahead of people. Uh, for any leader, there's an opportunity where you've got a great vision. However, to get people to follow you up the hill, you've got to make sure that they're in sync with you. Mm. Uh, so I would just say this. Uh, if you're pushing ahead, be sure you've got those followers right there with you. On the other hand, on the other hand, don't slow up. Don't let a naysayer or naysayers... Uh, and they do exist, don't they? They do exist. Right. Uh, don't let them hold you up. It only takes one or two of those to derail you. Right. And sometimes I find leadership teams worry too much about the naysayers. There's just some people that you're never going to convince, and maybe they're not a fit for the organization. But at the end of the day, you need to focus on those, in my experience, you need to focus on those people that get it, that want to move the ball forward, and are inspired by your view of the future. Absolutely. And this was Jennifer's uh, point at Oakley. Uh, Their whole environment is uh, created around not micromanaging, but let people do what they need to do within a guideline. Right. That's outstanding. So uh, you said people are finding you now to present to you the next practice of the next wave. Tell us a little bit about how you decide the agenda, because I know that you have upcoming events, and I wanted you to be able to share that with our audience in case some of the members of our audience either listening live or as a podcast would like to attend. How do you decide what's the right topic to bring into the agenda? Yeah, that's a great question, Rick. Let's take the next event as an example. Okay. So September the 18th, uh, here in Arch County at Brandman University, we will have a healthcare forum. Now, there are a lot of healthcare topics out there. Yes. But we're bringing in a panel of top experts to look at a 360 of health care, not the Affordable Care Act. Okay. That's pretty well known for the most part. Right. But it's more like what are the business opportunities, both personally and organizationally, that we can benefit from out of this health care mess? So we really will be looking at what's emerging, for example, in healthcare care technology. 
What are new funding sources, new capital sources that are emerging? What are new uh, potential arenas that employers can move into? So really pushing the envelope there. It's really, I, I'm so excited by that because it present change presents an opportunity, doesn't it? It Absolutely. And if you can get a little bit of insight and knowledge and forward thinking, you can take advantage of an opportunity that others may not even see. That's probably one of the real I would assume one of the powerful benefits about the way you structure your meetings and how your organization operates. It's like this. Um, it, look at the application world and the technology world. Look at those applications uh, like Instagram, like Waze, some of these applications that are being bought for a billion dollars by Google and Facebook. Now, that's the tech world. Now, apply that to other industry sectors. Right. That's It's becoming an application environment yes. for those that really have the best ideas. So, yeah, the, the environment is right. The timing is right. However, we're not going to get there by sitting at our desk, behind our desktop, and expecting to get this insight. It's going to come from that direct relationship with right. others. And the service you provide, which is vetting the next practices that executives and C-suite people should be paying attention to, is because it's we're so inundated with information anymore, aren't we, as leaders of organizations? It's wonderful to have an organization like yours that's always looking for the next practice and bringing that to our attention. What a great service you provide. Well, thanks. We've enjoyed it. Uh, we wouldn't keep doing it if we didn't have the passion. Right. And uh, it's just uh, it's been uh, a great love now for several years. We intend to move forward. So we look forward to seeing people in September and beyond. We have a financial summit in November and on into 2014. Okay. Let's, uh, Paul, let's play the uh, other two interviews that I captured at the Executive Next Practice Institute event. <laughs> talking with? Janine McDonald. And your firm is? J9 Leading Solutions. And what do you do, Janine? I do leadership development and training. And have you been to an Executive Next Practice event before? I have. I attended the one on energy management, which was great. And why are you here today, and what do you hope to learn? I am here twofold. I really respect the panel speakers today, and the subject, neuroleadership, is of interest to me. I'm interested in how we're wired and how we think, and I think I'll gain some insights to that today. Thank you for your time. You're welcome. Who am I speaking with today? Uh, I'm Paul David Walker, CEO of Genius Stone Partners. We work with the CEO and the team, helping them to grow the business. Strategic growth is the focus of our work. Excellent and important work. So have you been to an executive next practice forum before? Sure. I've been coming for about five years. So. What do you hope to get from today's event? I'm interested to see what uh, Oakley is doing regarding innovation. That seems to be the focus, and something I do a lot of myself. So. To be honest, you're welcome. All right, we're back here live with Scott Hamilton, founder of Executive Next Practice Institute, and we only have a few minutes left, but I did want to talk to you about, oh, and we are broadcasting live from Tech Space Studio here in OC Talk Radio, the brand new state-of-the-art studio in Costa Mesa. So tell us a little bit about your vision for growth for your organization, Scott. Yeah, Rick, we've got an exciting future ahead of us. Uh, of course, we will always continue our events in Southern California, Orange County. We just had an event in San Diego last week at AMN headquarters down there. Los Angeles, we've been meeting at the Academy of Motion Pictures and oh, Television. How cool is that? Uh, we'll continue to go back to those sites sure. for this next year. Broader than that, this year we'll be going into New York in October uh, at the National Press Club and then uh, into Washington, D.C. to really talk about politics and regulatory environment uh, this year. Beyond that, even, going into 2015, 2016, we see ourselves as an international organization. This has really just caught on like uh, wildfire. Wow, this was such a great idea for you. Seven years ago, you said <laughs> Seven you Seven years ago. And here you are now and just continue to gain momentum. If, if someone in our audience or others in the audience would like to find your website to learn more about your organization, how do they do that? Okay, let's do this the easy way. We were talking about Google earlier. Yes. Simply Google the term executive next practices, and you'll see pages and pages about us. Uh, the shortcut, the URL, is uh, www.enpinstitute.com, Edward Nancy Paul Institute, enpinstitute.com. Well, I really appreciate your willingness to come in and spend a few minutes with us explaining the organization and your purpose. I I've really enjoyed our time together. Thank you, Scott Hamilton, for being our guest on Critical Mass Radio Show. Pleasure, Rick. Thanks, as always. And we'll be right back with our next guest after these commercial words and a brief timeout. Smart Business Network is a business-to-business -business multimedia company providing insight, advice, and strategy for C-level executives of fast growth, middle market, and large companies. As one of the nation's largest publishers of local management journals, 
Under the Smart Business name, Smart Business Network publishes 19 regional print editions, presents dozens of large and small-scale business conferences and award programs, and produces a vibrant interactive digital media presence. For more information, visit us at www.sbnonline.com. My company made the switch to Commerce National Bank about six months ago. Our relationship officer was there every step of the way to make the transition as seamless as possible. We had an early hiccup with a deposit scanner, but they dropped everything and drove right to our offices to help. We couldn't feel better about our decision to switch. Instead of calling an 800 number and navigating through automated menus, now I call my Commerce National Bank relationship officer directly for any questions we have. Just knowing that they're so easily accessible and willing to help really puts me at ease. They offer the same technology as the big banks, but deliver it with superior service and training. They're also rated a full five stars by Bauer Financial. So if your organization is a small or medium-sized business in Orange County, you should make the switch too. Call Mary Miller, Senior Vice President, at 949-870-3863 or visit them online at www.commercenatbank.com. That's commercenatbank.com. Give Commerce National a chance to do better than your bank, and they'll handle the rest. This is the Wall Street Journal Report. I'm Bruce Vale. The Food and Drug Administration said menthol-flavored cigarettes likely pose a greater health risk than regular cigarettes, and the agency signaled it was considering regulatory action that could restrict sales, though such a move could take years. The FDA conducted a preliminary assessment of the possible health effects of menthol cigarettes and concluded that the mint-flavored menthol in the smokes is likely associated with greater addiction and menthol smokers are less likely to successfully quit smoking. Starbucks is jumping on the Greek-style yogurt bandwagon. Coffee chain says it is teaming up with the French food company Danone to sell Greek yogurt parfaits. The ready-to-eat cups will be available in Starbucks stores next spring and will replace the yogurt the company currently sells. On Wall Street, the Dow Jones Industrial Average rose 22 points to 15,567. The Nasdaq Composite fell 21. This is the Wall Street Journal. And welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Our audience demographic is 98% business owners and executives who listen to learn from our guests. If your firm is interested in reaching these top decision makers, then advertising on our radio show may be the answer. Each month, our sponsors gain valuable exposure through their support of our show. We deliver 20,000 highly targeted sponsor impressions each month. To learn more, contact our advertising department at 949-887-4104. All right, we're going to be talking a bit about the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation of America. To do that, we've invited Sabrina Ursay, who is the Community Development Manager for the organization here at the Critical Mass Radio Show. Sabrina, welcome to the program. Great. Thank you for having me. All right, let's begin by asking you what is the name of the event and where does it take place i know you're here specifically because you have an upcoming event i'd love to learn more about it great so it's called the crohn's and colitis foundation of america or ccfa for short ccfa's second annual bocce invitational Uh, it takes place friday august 23rd and it goes from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. And that is at Il Fornaio Italian Restaurant in Irvine. And it's just off the 405 here at Jamboree. All right. So uh, in the spirit of full disclosure, I'm Italian 100%. <laughs> so the term bocce ball, I understand what that is. But for those that may not be aware, what is a tournament around a bocce ball? What is that? What, what okay. can we expect? Well, um, it is really going to be the most fun that these some of these executives have had. <laughs> All year, but definitely it's one of the most fun events of the summer. Um, It is essentially Italian lawn bowling, though people who are traditional lawn bowlers, and there may be some in the listening audience, um, may take issue with the comparison because they are two separate sports. Uh, But that's the best way to describe it. There's a a larger ball um, that 
you are usually actually bowling down a court. Uh, there are beautiful courts at Il Fornaio, so that is where the oh, event so takes they have, place. They, they have, have the professional courts wow, out front, so most people don't, uh, but they're really beautiful and, and such fun to use for the first time. So there is coaching on site, so no one should feel intimidated if they don't know how to play bocce. Um, but you can form a team. There are teams of four, uh, so... Just like a traditional golf tournament, obviously, it's best to sign up a foursome. You can sign up as an individual, and we'll put you together as a team. Uh, or you can attend as a guest. So there are wonderful cocktails and hors d'oeuvres, obviously provided by Il Fernayo. And so it's a great chance to take in a beautiful summer Friday. Um, and so you can really be a part of this event. You are a part of the entertainment as mm. a team, obviously. Everyone's there to watch you. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and executives have a chance to show off their skills outside of the boardroom. So it's a little bit of a different environment um, than they may be used to in their average week. But it's all for a good cause. Um, so basically this year's event or last year's event actually raised over $32,000 for the cause of digestive diseases. Um, and what's great about this event and what kind of built buzz from last year to this year is we have a sort of a Stanley cup style perpetual trophy (laughs) that is given. It's quite large. Um, I believe some beer might've been drank out of it last year. Um, so we'll make sure it's clean, but it, uh, it's, it's a great, um, opportunity for executives to mingle and have some fun, meet and greet, um, do some networking. We actually had a team of four individuals. So they were from four different companies who were paired together last year that were the actual winners. So four different companies got the opportunity to display uh, this beautiful trophy in their business. So great uh, conversation piece and a good way to do some networking between those four businesses. Can you take Um, me back to the original idea that this was the right sure. fundraising activity. How did you guys decide this? Well, um, we actually have a board member named Carol Fox, and she is with the Orange County Business Journal. She was one of the original people who envisioned this event, along with some of the committee members and board members, um, Michael Katz from Katz and Yoon Law Firm. Sure, and been on, he's been on his radio program. Yes, he's a great guy. And okay. uh, Alejandro, uh, his nickname is Alex, uh, Alejandro Angulo from Rutan and Tucker. So, and we have a board member, also Venus Sultan. So, she was there to kind of provide um, some of the, you know, sexier elements of the event. And these these guys wanted to, you know, build the camaraderie among the, the players and, and give some side opportunities as well. So we're not only there to support the charity, but we want the guests and the people who maybe get knocked out in the early rounds to right. have fun as well. So they're supporting a cause by raising awareness, obviously being there, um, letting their friends and maybe competitors or colleagues know that they need to enter this competition as well. And also there's a raffle on site. There are some side games that can be participated in if you're not an actual Bashi player. That's what I was going to um, ask. What can guests expect? Say, so, say there's people right. listening, say, I, I'm not going to play the sport, right. but it sounds like a fun afternoon yeah. or evening. It's beautiful. There's um, there's obviously flowing wine. There's wonderful Italian food. There's live jazz by the Smart Foundation, which is uh, Alejandro Angulo's um, band, which okay. the Smart Foundation is its own foundation that supplies musical instruments to hmm. uh, children in Orange County, and they do some musical education. Uh, so it's a great nonprofit foundation and also they're wonderful executives that play jazz. So, um, that's a great opportunity to experience some live music. And uh, like I said, there's some, some other kind of side contests going on. We'll be playing, you know, ladder golf and horseshoes and traditional, just fun things that you can do on the lawn on a Friday yeah, like summer a nice afternoon. It's a beautiful, it's a very yeah, beautiful space. Really close yeah. There, right? The valet right up in front and right. just, um, come out and enjoy. So it's going to be a great event and, we have uh, this event is actually co-sponsored by the Orange County Business Journal, as I said, California Bank and Trust, okay. uh, Wells Fargo, of course, Ilfornayo, um, Union Bank, MBK Homes, and obviously the Smart Foundation. And what's great, a little um, another fun opportunity is we will also have an Angels Baseball All Star Team participating. So. You'll have that opportunity maybe to get some photos with them and hopefully beat them and so are these have actual, some bragging rights. Actual, actual players. players, right. Okay. Um, and then 
anyone who wants to attend, uh, I would encourage, so any corporate executives based in Orange County, obviously they can bring their guests. Um, We expect some returning teams to include Chase Bank, uh, Burke Culture, Kessler, Clement & George, uh, SunWest Bank, QSD Audio Products, Orange County Business Bank, Newmeyer and Dillian, of course, our sponsors. So it's just a great opportunity for people to get together and support. There's 15,000 families in Orange County who are affected by digestive diseases like Crohn's right. and colitis. And I do want to get into that maybe after the next great. commercial break, which we're not ready for that yet. But okay. um, my engineer let me know that we did have a question from the audience, which is okay. what is the cost to attend? Sure. Uh, a foursome is $1,100 and individual players are 325 and just an average guest to come and participate in the side games and obviously enjoy the food and the live jazz, that's 110. So again, for some 1100 individual players, 325 and guests 110. And we have a website where they can register or they can contact me and I'll okay. give my info at the end of the show. But, okay. um, registration is online. It's http forward slash forward slash online dot ccfa dot org forward slash bocce which if you don't know how to spell that right. is b-o-c-c-e i know a lot of people right. spell it with an i but i i believe it's technically spelled with an e or maybe maybe that's up for up for discussion but well, I think you're right. um that's you're our right. that's our registration website okay. and um so all the proceeds benefit the crohn's and colitis foundation which um, you had said we'll we'll talk about kind of where that actually goes in a bit but uh, it's a great cause and i think re- really affordable when you think about all the you know for instance golf tournaments that are yeah, out there where right. the, the foursome cost is much higher. So you're getting the food and for the 110 or 325, mm-hmm. if you're 325, you're in, you're in the contest. If it's 110, you're coming as a spectator. Correct. But that opens you up to the Ilfanayo yes. food. Yes. It's four wine. hours of more food and wine than you could <laughs> possibly ingest. I mean, it's gorging. just, it's, well, it's just, I mean, it's wonderful. Also just, um, conversation, beautiful on the lawn. I mean, it's a great opportunity to be, outdoors but in you know this the high-rise setting you're in the corporate setting but you're on this beautiful lawn it's you know it's a garden party right there after work you just walk to it i was raised in pittsburgh pennsylvania but i've been out here since 1981 but back east in august we would say and what are you going to do if it rains but you don't have to worry about that here sabrina (laughs) right it's not going to rain in on august 24th no way more than likely that's right exactly it'll be beautiful and gorgeous like it was last year Uh, like is that the same time Mm -hmm. you had it last year it was the exact same weekend yes exactly so it was gorgeous sunny wasn't too hot nice breeze because there's a lot of trees in that area there is so um i've been to other events that have used that lawn area as a activity and it's perfect for Mm -hmm. that i mean it's really set up well plus as you said there's Kind of big building, so you can find some shade if you need that. Right. And then having the restaurant close and parking, valet parking right there, it's very convenient. Absolutely. And El Fernando's food is out of this world, right? Absolutely. So what a, what oh, a great, yes. what a great activity. <laughs> I, I hope some of the people listening either live or in the future as a, as a podcast decide to participate. Um, we, we've been asked to give us the date and time again. Sure. The event. It is Friday, August 23rd. And it's from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m., and that's at Il Fornaio. Okay. So we're going to take our third and final commercial break, ladies and gentlemen. When we come back, I'm going to ask Sabrina a little bit more about the event, and I also want to understand the mission of your organization, your foundation as well. So stay tuned for that. We'll be right back after these words from our commercial sponsors. This is the sound of a flat-screen television hurled off a building. Now the new bike your kid wants. These are the things you could have all cast into oblivion. Because when you throw away money on wasted electricity, you throw away everything you could have bought with it. Use Energy Star light bulbs and appliances, and you could save hundreds of dollars a year. Saving energy saves you money. Learn more at energysavers.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. If you are an Orange County business executive, this message is for you. Do you ever feel isolated with no place to turn for advice or feedback? Who holds you accountable to your commitments in your company? Where do you find the right resources to help you and your company grow? If you have these questions, then Critical Mass for Business might be the answer for you. 
Critical Mass for Business is committed to helping you make better decisions. These are groups of peers running businesses just like you, providing a great sounding board to test ideas and concepts, review plans and goals, and present issues and opportunities for discussion. The result is improved strategy, accountability, people, and execution skills. If you are interested in learning more, go to www.criticalmassforbusiness.com and learn more about our executive peer group. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. This business talk show airs live on Tuesdays and Wednesdays at 4 p.m. and on Thursdays at 3 p.m. We can be heard exclusively on Internet radio station, octalkradio.net, broadcasting from their state-of-the-art studios in Costa Mesa in the Tech Space facility. Our guest right now, our guest, our second guest, is Sabrina Ursay. She is the Community Development Manager for the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation of America here in Orange County. So tell us a little bit more about the foundation, and maybe for those that aren't as familiar with Crohn's and Colitis, sort of what that is. Absolutely. So uh, the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation of America, it's a national organization. It was founded in 1967 in New York. Uh, we are now, we have chapters in every state in the United States. Um, we are here in Orange County. We have a relatively newer board in the past three years, approximately, but our largest annual event that goes throughout the entire nation and also happens here in Irvine is the Take Steps Walk for Crohn's and Colitis. That's our charity walk program called Take Steps. Um, that happens at UC Irvine. That's been going on for six years now. So um, CCFA is actually, to just break it down to what it is, it's the largest voluntary nonprofit health organization dedicated to finding cures for what's called IBD uh, or inflammatory bowel diseases. So that includes Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis. Um, the difference between the two, they're obviously right, both please. digestive diseases, but Crohn's disease affects everything from the mouth to the end of the line, and okay. ulcerative colitis is um, just centered in the colon. So um, there are a few more surgical options that are promoted for helping ulcerative colitis go into remission or possibly helping to uh, relieve some of the symptoms. Um, than there are for Crohn's disease, because obviously you can have a surgery where you have your entire colon removed. You can have your intestinal tract formed into what they call a J pouch, which is just kind of a, a J shaped uh, formation where it collects just like your colon would. So it's kind of replacement for your colon. So okay. you can have that done inside. There's also an outside procedure, the ostomy bag, which, um, you know, people, it scares a lot of people, but some people that is like their saving grace. They would not do have it any other way. They live with the bag and they're very happy with that. So, um, you know, there are a couple of options. Obviously Crohn's patients get some of those surgeries too, but, um, because we're still in our infancy, I think in terms of, um, knowing how to, best diagnose these two diseases. Um, there are still very many people. There's actually 70,000 new people a year that are getting diagnosed really? with Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis. Um, and they are oftentimes diagnosed as what's called undetermined or indeterminate Crohn's colitis because okay. doctors don't know yet always, it's not very obvious whether they are a Crohn's patient or a colitis patient. It okay. could be both. So, um, so we are working basically to help uh, spread the education to the patients, support the patients, uh, educate healthcare professionals. There are actually 1.4 million Americans who have these diseases, and it's anywhere from age 5 up to, you know, age 90. It, it's There's no real discrimination of age. Obviously, the there is a central uh, population of people who get diagnosed, and that would be um, most often, I would say, young males in their early really? 20s. Um, Do we know what causes it? It's actually an autoimmune disease, so it, oh, is, it is both... Um, we don't know what causes it yet, which is what we're trying to figure out, but it is, uh, it's both a combination of genetics. So okay. someone in your family has had either Crohn's or colitis, and okay. you could get either as well if it's in your family. Um, or it's also a combination of an environmental trigger, and that environmental trigger could be different for anyone. 
Um, so pinpointing what that is for a variety of patients is obviously important. Right. Uh, and I think we're heading towards with this disease, kind of narrowing it down more like diabetes, where there's like a type one, a type two, that kind of okay. thing. So it's more di- easily diagnosed. I have a, a, a good friend who lives in Chicago who has Crohn's and when she has uh, maybe I'm using wrong. Okay, I was going to say when it when it flares up, she's incapacitated. Oh yes. I mean it it is painful, mm-hmm. and she's just bedridden for, right. for however long it chooses to kind of last. Right. And I can't. I'm thinking back. I don't know when it triggers in her, and I don't know that it's a random event or if it's it's if there's an outside stimulus that causes it to happen. Right. My sense is it just kind of comes whenever it comes, and she just has to deal with it. It's, I mean, you've seen more and more commercials on TV, so I think it's becoming a little bit more um, prevalent that people are talking about it, but it is a very silent disease. A lot of okay. people, it's a lot of it's uh, becomes quite mental because you are really tortured by this fact that you don't look sick. You can't describe to anyone exactly how painful it is. Um, they may not even trust that, you know, I do have to be off work for three months. I am completely cannot leave the bed. I'm in that much pain. Um, and, you know, I think that I- I've met personally in Orange County uh, several business executives, um, leaders of business, own, you know, owners of businesses who haven't unfortunately told their staff, maybe the only their wife knows their doctor knows. Um, and you know, that's a lot to shoulder. Is, isn't it? And I think that it's, uh, it's sad that it's, it's not more mainstream that you can't just say, Oh, well I have diabetes and you know, or you know, something of yeah. that nature, but it's, you know, it's, a I guess I'm trying to understand huge problem. why this is, uh, why that is the case specifically with Crohn's and colitis, why people feel less comfortable talking about it, or there is a shame or a stigma to it's, it. It's, uh, it's because it's related to the bathroom. I think we, <laughs> okay. we all eat. I mean, the laugh. All, we okay. all, di- yeah, you know, yeah, we yeah, all right. experience digestion, the right. digestive process, and we all use the restroom. Yes. But this is, um, you know, some of the symptoms are persistent diarrhea, abdominal pain, bleeding, severe fatigue, weight loss. Um, so some of those things may show on the outside, but but maybe all of your all your coworkers might know is that you know this person goes to the bathroom 25 times a day what's wrong with them are they lazy are they you know who knows yeah, what they're doing in right. there it's it sort of um you feel ashamed you feel like you know what am i how did i what did i do to deserve this kind right. of thing and and um it's sad that that people don't talk about it more often and there's um, 1.4 million people in the US yes exactly do, i mean are we is that representative of, of kind of the global? I mean, do other countries have this? Do we yes. know? I mean, is this a uh, yes. global thing that regardless of culture, not diet? I mean, just. Right. It's, um, I think definitely, um, there are some, there, there's, there's some speculation as to whether it is all diet related because some, you know, there are some environmental triggers, like I said, that some people say it could be stress that causes it to come right, out that causes right. that latent disease to you know come to light uh some say it could be a dietary trigger or you know they picked up a, a bug or a virus or something and that kind of triggered some mm. uh, chain of events but yes it's a it's a global problem and um you know we actually have uh, an awareness campaign called Escape the Stall, which is aiming to, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> it's a great name. I mean, it's, it's aiming to Memorable. educate people right. about, because it is, you know, there is some humor about it. We, we laugh about bathroom humor. I mean, right. that's what yeah. it's there for. Um, but you know, I think that when I speak to patients in these support groups and in education conferences and, and at their doctor's offices and whatnot, they, they say, you know, I wish that it wasn't just, um, known as a disease where we have to go to the bathroom a lot. And we do feel like we're kind of st- stuck in the stall and, and also metaphorically that we can't talk about it. So right. Amy uh, Brenneman, who's an actress known for her role in judging Amy, uh, did this campaign for us. If you go to our website, escapethestall.com, you can see the little 30-second clip, but it talks about that pretty much anybody um, can suffer from this, and it actually won a national award for Best PSA Campaign. Okay. So. Well, that's great. That's you, that's our way to kind of get the word out. Do you have audio PSAs? Because we if do. you do, I'd, I'd ask you to get some for the radio station. Great. We'd like to play them during the program, and maybe the producer okay. will play them in other shows as well to great. raise awareness. That would be great. Can we come back to your sure. event? 
Absolutely. Uh, so again, by way of review, it is when? It is uh, Friday, August 23rd at Il Fornio at Nervine from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. And people can either participate or they can spectate. Right. Everybody gets great food, wine, and... Absolutely. So live jazz. It's a festive evening. It's a lot of fun. Um, and you could win a trophy, you know, bragging rights. Um, but you can participate as a foursome for 1100 as an individual player for 325 and as a you know, guest for 110. And last year you raised 35,000? Uh, just over $32,000. Exactly. And that money goes for? That actually supports research. So we have research programs that are helping us, uh, support patients better. Our mission is to cure these diseases, to improve the quality of life of the kids so they, and the adults that get the There diseases. is a chance so that there is a cure. I mean, it, it will be a different cure for each disease. Okay. Absolutely. But there, it, we're definitely working on that. We have funded just in the past year, I believe over $16.8 million in research programs, research grants. Uh, a, a question came in from the audience. Yes. Does the money you raise stay in Orange County? Does it go to the national organization? We have um, multiple different research uh, grant programs. So if it is a national program that uh, they decide to uh, filter some of the money to, uh, there could be, uh, there's a genetics uh, research program, which is national, and then the uh, macrobiome, uh, which is kind of the um, intestinal, um, macrobiota, I guess. And then there are some local, um, research programs as well. So I believe there were about 26 in Southern California okay. last year. Uh -huh. So it just depends on the, on the research program that's available. One other question. You mentioned the, your annual take steps walk. Yes. When is that? And sure. It's uh it's always in June and it's at UC Irvine. Uh, our last year, this last year it was uh, June 23rd and it's a Sunday afternoon. It's from 4 PM to 7 PM. Wow. And so quite a walk. about a thousand people and it's uh it's a festival and a walk. Okay. It's only about two and a half mile okay. walk. Okay, I was going to say so I'm walking easy, for three hours. Right. That, um, we also have, yeah, we also have a team challenge program, uh, which is uh, marathon, half marathon, triathlon, oh. and it's in Vegas and you know here locally. And then also they go, they went to Scotland this year, so it just kind of it moves around. But that's a great program as well. They go to Napa, Kona. Um, mm -hmm. I like all those so, places. So, yeah, the wonderful places. So, uh, you know, we only pick the most beautiful places, the, the, the UC Irvine campus for yes, the walk yes. and Napa Coda for the run. I mean, we're trying to make this, um, you know, a pleasant experience for people wanting to support. Uh, we also have a, a golf tournament, the Orange County Golf Classic at Pelican Hill oh, okay. on October 22nd. Oh. Um, to participate in that, the foursons are $2,000 and, uh, which is, you know, quite a deal for Pelican Hill. Um, <laughs> You're right. But uh, it's uh, that's also a great event, and uh, we overshot our goal, sold out last year. So great. we're hoping to fill a larger field this year with that event as well. Um, so if someone wants to learn more about your organization yes. and these events, tell us your website again. The please. best website to go to is CCFA, which is Crohn's Colitis Foundation America. So CCFA.org forward slash chapters forward slash Los Angeles. That will get them directly there. If they just go to ccfa.org, they can also put in their zip code and get to us. But there's an events listing. There's a support group listing. It tells you more about our Camp Oasis residential summer camp for kids. Um, so it's a it's a great website to learn everything that's going on in L.A. and Orange County. Well, Sabrina Ursay, who you are the community development manager yes. for the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation of America, the Orange County chapter. Thanks for coming in, Thank sharing for us, me. being a friend of our radio program and a part of our critical mass community. Wonderful. Thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, if, if you're listening to this live, I'd say you go to the website and sign up, find three friends and get out and have a great afternoon. If you're listening to this a podcast and it's not August 23rd yet, 2013, sign up. If it's passed already, make sure you do it next year. Or maybe you want to do the golf classic. All right. We're going to be ending the show now, and I'd like to thank our engineer, Paul Roberts, for another fantastic job, our producer, Rachel Franzi, for scheduling great guests, our guest coordinator, Kathleen Shepard, and our marketing communications manager, Kelly Faltas. I'm your host, Rick Franzi, saying until the next time we have a chance to talk, here's hoping that all of your decisions move your business in a positive direction. You've been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show right here on octalkradio.net.